0: Hey, 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 Steph. What's up? Hey, so glad to be back. You know, we're going to dive into this episode. I'm so excited about this episode. We're going to do things a little different. So I'm going to start off our podcast, or this episode, I should say, with asking you a question, Indy. What is your earliest memory?
1: So my earliest memory um, would be when our family experienced a tornado, like that hit our home and destroyed our home. And I was about four years old, I believe, because you weren't quite born yet. And yeah, I, I know that we're five and a half years apart. So I believe I was like four years old and um, this tornado destroyed our home. And I remember, you know, just my mom yelling, let's go, like to go get in the bath bathroom. And I instead ran around the couch. My dad had to come swoop me up and basically threw me in the tub with my brother, with our brother mm-hmm. and our mom. And um, so that like, and, and and that's probably my earliest memory. And I have some other ones like shortly after that, but that's my earliest, what, what about you? What's your earliest memory?
0: So my earliest memory is when I was like 18 months and I just vividly remember looking up at the bright hospital lights and being in a gurney and then willing me down and someone sticking a uh you know a big bird stuffed animal in my um, shoulder and being rolled down and that's what I remember Mm -hmm. and so a part of me feels like man do I remember that because I've been told that story you know so many times (laughs) or do I remember it because I vividly remembering. I think when, when it's that early, you kind of question yourself a little
1: bit. I, I know I I mean yours is way earlier than mine and I question myself about it because we we do talk so much about I don't want to say so much, but like we over the course of my life right have talked a lot about that tornado. It was such a big traumatic event in our lives. And so I wonder like, you know, how much of it is my memory and how much of it is like what really took place right i think that that's like really interesting to like dive into
0: yeah and it's very relevant to this episode um because you know memories usually when they're attached to trauma it it leaves more even more of an imprint um on you versus something else You know, because everybody can recall what they were doing when 9-11 happened. Can't you? You know exactly where you were.
1: Exactly where I
0: was. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, this, this, our case today is about Lanisha Crowder and her kids actually witnessed their mother's murder and they were only like seven and two. And so for me, it, it definitely made me, you know, feel like, dang, when was my earliest memory? And this particular case definitely, I feel like, um, highlights a couple of things. And we'll get, dig into that in a second. But, you know, crime, it just it has a way of affecting all of our lives. It doesn't care about race, you know, anything. It it affects everybody. And this is an unsolved case. And MD, this is the first time we've done it all unsolved case. Um, no, not the first, but it's a It's an unsolved case, and we definitely can relate to that, right, MD? Uh,
1: Yes, we can totally relate to it because we actually have an unsolved, you know, crime in our family that took place that I think it just makes the death that much harder to, like, accept because you feel like there's no real closure to it, right? Right. So, you know, our aunt was um my mother's mom was hit by you know a car, and it was a hit and run and And the person that hit my aunt's car, you know, drove off and didn't stop. and my aunt was killed in that accident,
0: yeah, yeah. and um that happened that's my mom's sister. and that happened in two thousand four. and we're all coming up on twenty years and yeah. two more years. and mm-hmm. um, we still don't know. We, no. said, we have
1: no clue. And I mean, you know, the police speculate that the person that did it, you know, fled to Mexico. But at you know, at this point, it's like, you know, you you almost are just like, I wish I knew. I wish I could add a bow to and I don't know if bow may not be the right, right terminology, right. but just be able to like put that to bed. Like you always grieve, and grief comes in waves, and you can, you know, here it is like 18 years ago that happened, and I still can find myself mourning my aunt, you know, and grieving her loss, and so I can only imagine that if I had witnessed it, Mm -hmm. how much harder that would have been, and, and LaNisha's kids actually witnessed their mother's murder, and so, Steph, I mean, we always, like, give, um, we always give, like, a title to our, our episode, so what would you title this episode? Unresolved justice, unresolved justice. That's really great. I yeah. like
0: that. Yeah. I like so, that. So, go ahead and kick us off, MD. Let's get into our case for the day. But grab your what? What do they need? What do they need? Yeah, today? they
1: need to grab their coffee if it's the morning, or their wine if it's the evening. But either way, we're gonna get into this story. So, um Lanisha. She was a 21-year-old single mother, and she um, had two children. She lived in Carrollton, Georgia. I mean, you know, there's a, not a lot of information on Lanisha's life, and I think that, that we're going to dive into that, but, like, that's kind of the, the theme of this whole story right but Ooh. she gave birth to her first child her son um at the age of 14 years old and so she was still in high school but that didn't stop lanisha lanisha is described by her family and her friends as being resilient and oh, oh just a dedicated mother and so she took care of her son and she finished and then at the age of 19 she had another child um her two-year-old uh Her daughter Lyric and um, they you know live together and it's it's interesting because we don't know Steph if Lyric and Kenneth I believe is that correct Mm -hmm. that's right were um, the same like if they had the same father we don't know that and 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 usually that would be irrelevant to the story right Mm -hmm. but that is kind of relevant and, and You'll see the relevance of it as we get further into our theories, but it's not clear if they had the same biological father. But what we do know is that Lanisha loved her children and she took care of them and she dedicated her life to caring for them. So what happened
0: to Lanisha? So on August 12, 2000, um, it was a Saturday and, you know, they... You know, Lanisha had took her kids out, and they just kind of enjoyed a day of running around and running errands, and the end of the day, spending time at Le- Lanisha's mother's house doors, and they left around nine o'clock, or they they left around eight eight fifty ish and got home at nine o'clock, and. They had this little cozy home. It was a two-bedroom ranch home. And she actually shared that home with her boyfriend and or ex-boyfriend named Grady. And I say and or ex-boyfriend because um, I've, I've just in my research, there was like some conflicting um, um research just about if that was her boyfriend at the time or was he actually her ex but they actually shared that home together and she got to to the house at nine o'clock and at 9 30 she put her kids to bed and she decided to just like you know sit on the couch and kiki it up with a couple of friends and she did that all the way until like 12 a.m we know that was her last phone call and um, Grady actually was not at the house, even though they shared their home, because Grady actually uh, was in jail. He had been in jail since August 4th um, because he had an outstanding warrant. And we don't know why we had that warrant. Like, I didn't find you any. We don't know what that was for. for right. Yeah, we don't know what it's for. But he wasn't there. And there's record of that. So. The next day was a Sunday, and no one heard from her, and that wasn't necessarily unusual, you know, but nobody talked to her that day. They kind of assumed everything was normal, but by Monday, um, you know, her family and friends were talking to one another, and it kind of came up that no one heard from her, so um, Grady being in jail had called Lanisha several times and he hadn't been able to get in contact with her. And so he actually called one of their neighbors to, um, go and kind of do a welfare, welfare check, like see, was her car there, knock on the door, you know, just to check up on her and see what was going on. Cause it was very unusual for him to not even talk to her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the neighbor goes to uh, the home around 10 PM on Monday night. He knocks on the door, there's not an answer. And he goes to the back door and there's an open window. And he sees Lanisha on the ground, non-responsive, with her daughter Lyric on top of her moving around. So he immediately goes to the house of another neighbor and they call 911. And they just knew that something was not right. They didn't know they all they knew was that Lanisha wasn't alive. Like it was pretty clear that she wasn't alive with all the banging on the window that he tried to do to kind of, you know, see what was going on. So the paramedics arrive and they, you know, get into the house and they find Lanisha on the floor of her bedroom. And she's clearly deceased at this point. Um, In the next bedroom, they actually find her seven-year-old, Kenneth, and he has been beaten. And he is literally clinging on to life. It's a brutal beating and he has severe injuries as well and so they actually airlift him to the nearest you know hospital and he actually endures several surgeries to save his life mm-hmm. um, now Lyric the two-year-old daughter she was unharmed thankfully um nothing nothing happened to her um, sure. but obviously very traumatized yeah by the whole thing even at two and um okay that's not of kinda... was
1: she wasn't she mm-hmm. found with like when they found her on top of her mother wasn't she surrounded by band-aids like she was trying yes. to yes band-aid up her mom yes yeah that broke my heart like I literally
0: teared up like when I heard that yes you know it just it shows you like that pure love that you have for your mom even at two like you you may not know everything that's going on but you just know something's not right Right. So that was definitely heartbreaking. It really affected both children, obviously, you know. And so the police, once the paramedics have done their thing, um, they actually call the police. And MD, why don't you tell us what the police found out?
1: So so the police like, you know, that what they discovered in their initial investigation and what we are aware of is that there was no forced entry. So it appears that However, you know, the whoever committed this crime did not attend, like, you know, force their way into the house. There was nothing stolen from the house. Mm-hmm. Um, well and 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 I'd say appears to be nothing stolen from the house. And um the initially they were not able to determine the cause of death because there were so many blows to um Lanisha. It just was it was they beat her to death, basically. Mm. Now, they did find the actual weapon that um, committed this, you know, this heinous crime Mm -hmm. uh, on Lanisha and Kenneth. Um, And so it appears they believe that this was not a planned or premeditated, you know, murder, that this was, you know, something that kind of happened like in the heat of the moment. Um, And they do believe that it was a personal crime, almost seeming like, you know, like the, the level of the amount of, and the level of beating that she took mm. and that Kenneth took. Um, and, I, you know, I did, in my research, I, I did read an article where it said that um, the, the person that committed the crime would probably be surprised that Kenneth lived. And that mm-hmm. at, after beating Kenneth, they probably, you know, were rushing to get out of there, not aware that there was another you know, child in the home, because Lyric, um, you know, Kenneth does state, I mean, you, you, I'm sure we'll go into this a little more, Steph, but that Kenneth does state that he told Lyric to go hide. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but there's, that's pretty much all that the police have released, that they know. Okay. They did interview, you know, they said that they interviewed all of the people that Lanisha talked to prior to 12 o'clock. But we don't know what questions they asked. We don't know if they ever thought that they were suspects, how individuals, you know, underwent. They immediately ruled out Gary because he was in jail.
0: Okay. And do we know anything else about Gary? Like, how were? do we know anything about their relationship? Like, how was their relationship? So Gary
1: actually... Um with, you said he was in jail for an outstanding warrant well part of the reason why he got captured for this warrant is because there was domestic abuse between Gary and Lanisha and the police were called they ran you know they ran his record he had mm-hmm. a warrant they took him in so they did have a volatile relationship mm-hmm. documented a documented volatile relationship
0: right interesting interesting so before we dig into kind of like the theories that is kind of like the end of where this case stands it happened in 2000 we are now sitting in 2022 and nothing has come of it like they you know the, at least that the police will say okay right. and, and, and
1: they don't bring in anything that could help the public to identify any potential leads right um every time this case is come to light because if you google it you'll see that there's a handful of of articles Mm -hmm. on this case um and it always appears that it's either kenneth or lyric bringing it back to you know um the media's attention or the media on its own kind of doing a anniversary special on it Mm. but that's it and i mean you have kenneth and lanish i mean kenneth and lyric who say, hey, you know, we remember some pieces of, like, we remember some pieces of this evening, of -hmm. this night. What what did, Steph, tell us what Kenneth and Lyric both say they remembered.
0: Okay, so Kenneth says he remembers the three attackers, like he remembers what they were wearing, he remembers what they look like. And Lyric says it stands out, what stands out in her mind is she remembers exactly what they were wearing as well. Mm. And so they do have some pertinent details, but as far as we know, that's never been explored. Like there wasn't a sketch artist who sat down with Kenneth and, you know, Kenneth being seven years old, like his memory is pretty, you know, darn good, you know what I mean? And uh, pretty reliable. And they never, to our knowledge and what's been put out and what Kenneth and Lyric have said in interviews, like there there has been nothing done to kind of like get that information out there in terms of like, let's do a sketch. Let's see what you remember.
1: And if they do a sketch, like we definitely don't know about it, right? Like they didn't release it to the public. And and, and I do understand how the police could be skeptical of their memory, right? Like one, you know, Lyric is two years old. I mean, I know that you stated your earliest memories at 18 months, um, but I do think that the younger you are, like the, the less reliable that I think culture as a whole will will kind of look and say, does, does she really remember that? You know, uh, but like you said, Kenneth was seven, but what makes him unreliable to the police is likely the traumatic brain injury that he sustained as a result of this beating. Exactly. And so, you know, but but in the same vein, while I can understand how the police may be skeptical of their reliability in terms of their 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 memory, I still feel like you have to go down that road. You have to you have to be able to be willing, especially when there's nothing else, especially when you've you've explored every other detail and there's nothing else that you can like cling on that's going to give you a lead. I, I mean, it's the it's better than nothing. Let's put out a let's do a sketch with Kenneth and let's put that out there. I mean, Kenneth is saying that there were three people in this home, right? Right.
0: I mean, even if it ends to a dead, even if it ends in a dead end, it's still worth exploring. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. it's still worth putting out the effort. And like you said, we don't know what they've done because there hasn't been a whole lot that the police are willing to to say and you know the other thing that i was wondering about because you mentioned that they found the instrument that actually was used to beat lanisha and they also had physical evidence and it just kind of made me feel like well did they run that you know dna evidence i'm i'm guessing maybe i don't know because physical evidence could be a whole lot of things but I wondered if it was DNA evidence, did they wrote it, you know, did they, um, put it in that CODIS database that, you well, know? and at
1: 2000, that was still very, very, very DNA evidence was still in its infancy stages. Mm-hmm. It's still very new. And so maybe that wasn't even around to run, but if they still have it, right. then, then, then that could be something that could give us a lead today, you know, um, and I just think that, like, involving the public on any, in any way, like, you know, I, I get the police want to, um, they want to protect the integrity of the case, and so they don't want to release certain details because maybe those details are going to be only details that the 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 person that commit the perp, you know, mm-hmm. would know. And I think that's, that's, I'm not a police officer, but I can understand that. Right. However, there's got to be something that we can release to the public that put this case back in the public's eye, somebody somewhere knows something. Right. And it may be something. I remember, you know, watching Dateline and and one of the cops uh, was talking to, you know, one of the witnesses and he was like, what you know, you may not even realize is important. You may just have heard a sound at a particular time that, in isolation, that means nothing, but in the totality of the circumstances, it's huge and it means everything. And it's the one thing that could put the final piece to the puzzle that leads us down the right path to find who who did this. I just think that they need to involve the public on a larger scale um, so that we can like try to rally and figure out who killed this 21 year old woman.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's so many different cases, you know, to kind of just go back to the the white missing girl syndrome as they as they coined it now. You know, they keep that they keep those news reports in your face, you know, and you're constantly hearing about it, you know, um on the news via social media. And so even some of those unsolved cases that, you know, happen to be about a white woman who's missing in the upper, upper class, middle class, um. Uh, background you still hear about it so it's still in the back of your mind you're always like hmm, okay wonder what happened with that it makes you go google and I think the thing about this particular case is like because they haven't you know kept reiterating it and they've only done one special that was here recently uh, locally you know what I mean um, you know you kind of like oh that happened and, okay and then if it's not constantly in your face You don't think about it, you know, because you don't think about things that don't affect you, you know, naturally. But even as a community, you know, it's hard to even still have that on your brain. If nobody's mentioning it, nobody's saying anything about it, you know what I mean? Because we're so caught up in our daily lives. And I think this case is so sad because her children were affected. They will forever be affected by this. And she was just 21 years old, dude. Like she She didn't even-
1: she didn't even experience life you know um and it's it's so unfortunate what are, what are your, some of your theories Steph like what do you think I mean I know we we know very little about this so it's hard to like offer theories on this case which is something that we always do at right. the end of our episode but what what could be some of your theories as to like who could have potentially done
0: this Right. And so I, I feel like, or I believe that because we don't know, we know exactly where Brady was. Right. But we don't know that he didn't send anybody. Like, was there an argument that they might've had? Was, um, did he send some goons to mess up some stuff? We don't know if he was involved in anything shady. Like that's a theory, like, because obviously he was in jail, you know, he didn't get out, but that doesn't, mean that he didn't send anybody that knew Lanisha because she knew this person whoever she you know let into the house they were allowed in so I'm guessing that she knew them and it was personal that's my first theory what
1: about you?
0: Yeah
1: I think I definitely think that that could be a theory I think you got to explore that right you have to and I would I want to believe um, that the police did explore that And, and I say that just because you know the articles you know that are out there mention how you know they mention him and so to me i feel like that was probably you know one of the first obvious looks yeah, for that
0: because it was obvious
1: right exactly yeah. um you know because it usually is the boyfriend it usually is the husband you know it's usually the person closest to but i mean another theory and this is why i brought it up in the beginning as to, we don't know if 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 Kenneth and Lyric had the same father. It's like, what about the babies? Like, what, if they had the same father, what about him? And if what? they had different fathers, what about them? Like, you know, did we walk down those roads of usually, you know, not usually, but oftentimes mm-hmm. there is, you know, there, there's a level of stress, or the relationship is tumultuous between you know the 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 mother and the father when they're not together raising the child. And was that relationship tumultuous? You know, did was there some stress in those relationships? That but you know, but then the what gives me pause about that theory mm-hmm. is Lyric and Kenneth say they remember. See, like <laughs> Kenneth says, I remember the faces. Luke says, I remember what they had on. Like I would think that if it were, you know, the father or
0: right. the
1: fathers, um, that they would remember that, you yeah. know, That's um. It. So, you know, that could be something. I mean, even down to another theory just being, I know that they said that they talked to and spoke with everybody that she spoke with, you mm-hmm. know, prior to, but like, I'm, I'm wondering what about the neighbors? I mean, there was such a close enough relationship with uh, the ex-boyfriend or boyfriend that he called them to do a welfare check. I mean, I, I am, i not at this moment, but I was very close with my next door neighbors at one point to the point where like, I had their cell phone numbers. Like we knew how to get in and out of each other's homes if necessary, Mm -hmm. like, you know, um, I would have given them access. You know, I would have absolutely opened the door and let them in even at one o'clock in the morning because they are my neighbors. And I'm not saying that the neighbor did it, but it's just one of those things of like, what about the people in proximity to her? You know, because they are people that let's say, you know, she wouldn't probably pause to let in because she got off the phone at midnight so it's at a it's at an odd hour yeah even even you know so like she's not just letting in somebody she knows she's letting in somebody she knows that she's close to Mm -hmm. she's not letting just anybody in right they it's got to be somebody that she's close to if she let them in or you know did she leave the
0: door open accidentally Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, just because it's not forced entry, you know, that doesn't mean that she necessarily allowed that person in.
1: Right. So, those are my theories. I really, it's not a lot. It's not. I mean, do
0: you have any others? No, I think I think we covered them all. Like, you know, I think that's, that's the theory. And it's, it's unfortunate. Case.
1: Yeah, go ahead. It's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate because you, you don't have much to go on and, you know, these children, I mean, they're not children anymore. They're grown adults, you know, have to live with this and live with the knowledge that this is probably going to go unsolved Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting justice doesn't heal your wounds. It doesn't like stop the grief. Right. but it helps the process I think and so I just feel so sad for them do you have an update on like what are they doing in their lives
0: yeah so Kenneth Crowder is now 24 Lyric is 19 um both remain in Carrollton Georgia um Kenneth still suffers from his traumatic brain injuries which you know obviously so um, but he he was able to graduate from high school, and Lyric is now attending college,
1: oh, and
0: nice. um, she has a small child herself, and they both were raised by um, their grandmother Doris, Lanisha's mother. She took you know took them in and raised them, so they could both stay together first of all, um, and not go into the foster system. And you know, it's still unresolved. Like I said, um, we were able to see a clip, and you can go on to. YouTube, or just type in Lanisha Crowder. There is an article that has a video clip of Kenneth and Lyric um, grown, and they're just asking the public in their local community to to step up. Like, you know, anything, like you said, like anything having to do with it, hurt us down. Like, you know, we are still wanting an answer after 22 years. It's still very unresolved. And so I wanted to at least give you guys some information, like, even though we're in Texas and, you know, we don't know anybody in California, Georgia, we do realize that people listen to our podcast all around the U.S. and other places um, in the world. And so we wanted to give the information um, and encourage that if anybody knows about it, like, step up. You need to at least say what you know. So um, the agent that is doing this case. He's a part of the Georgia Bureau Investigators. His name is Agent Larry Durin. and you can reach him at 706-565-7888 Again, it's 706-565-7888 So, that, that's, so all. that's our story. I mean,
1: if you know something say something. That's what we always say. It's, it's important to help even a very cold case gets solved. And it's not too late. It's not too little. It's not too late. There's still hope for Lanisha and her family. And so we wish them the best.
0: Yes, absolutely. May Lanisha Crowder rest in peace. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.